is it time to revisit the issue of Africans as a mandatory language for black learners at schools? And why not deal seriously with issues of transformation in schools and tertiary institutions and of curriculum trimming and revitalization beyond just responding to COVID-19? That is the question you might think about. And reflecting on this... Uh, with us is a professor, uh, Dr. Ompimetsi Esibanda, who is a professor of law at the Faculty of Management and Law at the University of Limpopo, who says it is time to finally address the demands of the class of 1976. A pleasure to have you uh, join us this morning, uh, Professor. Good morning this morning and uh, happy Youth Month. Uh, good morning, uh, Manda. Thank you for having me. Thank you indeed. Now, Professor, celebrating the 44th anniversary of the Soviet uprising as a reflection on an unfinished story, this is what is contained in your piece that you wrote recently. Tell us more. Uh, you know, the piece dealt about the perennial issues that are affecting public school education in South Africa. I talked about the issue of Africans as a mandatory language subject in schools, but there are also other issues like transformation itself in the schools. For me, the moral of that particular article or piece is that now the sacrifices that were made by the uh, students uh, during 1978 against apartheid government policy, which in fact would have forced them to study certain non-language subjects such as mathematics through the medium of Africans, uh, has basically died even or was done in vain. Yeah. Now, obviously, African still remains a subject that uh, many of uh, school-going kids uh, need to choose from. Do you think that would upset uh, the uh, 1976 youth? No, I mean, as Afrikaans uh, remains largely available at uh, South African yeah. schools as a choice uh, young people need to choose. Uh, it's still used to this day. Do, do, do you think yeah. that uh, it, it would upset uh, people who fought so hard in 1976 and beyond? Yeah. Now, in my view, if I was one of the people, unfortunately, so that's unfortunate, who did not uh, fought in the 1976 Soviet uprising, I would feel like now this is basically a spread. It's like my efforts were, were rebuked. I mean, uh, the debate about the military nature of Africans' language or Africans in our schools is going nowhere. Allow me really to share with you what was written in a piece by one Professor Woolman, I think also from Bosch and Professor Fleisch. He said that now, like 70, 77 years or 70 years later, race, issue of language, issue of understanding and retaining the force uh, with respect of uh, uh, equality remains. Only black players, petitioners, really have changed. But the most black students, most black people have done their heavy lifting, but then that cannot be said, or the same cannot be said uh, about uh, the set of white uh, South African students. So, yes, in my view, uh, it is uh, in part really expect that nothing has changed dramatically. Sure. Um, facing, um, facing the language, do you, is there a drive to face the language out or is there more a drive to say, choose? If you choose to do the language, go ahead and choose it because it's there, it's an official language. I 
think, yes, the, the discussion must be properly understood, be contextualized. It is not about really saying face Africans out. No, indeed. If we were to do that, if we say face Africans out, we'd be acting contrary to your section 29 of the Constitution. That guarantees that now everybody or every learner has got the right to choose to be taught in the language of his or her choosing. And most would say that now I've got the right as an Afghaner or as an Afghan-speaking person of as a person who has adopted African as a language to be taught in Afghans. The issue is that now at least the best you can do give a black child a choice. And that is a right. A child tries not to do uh, African as a subject uh, uh, language. Sure. Uh, because uh, for me, that it, it becomes tricky because if you extend it, you could say uh, people could choose probably, uh, if we, we think that the system is ready, uh, to choose probably others not to do English and just do Sizulu and Sipildi and move on, pro-choice, or maybe to do English and Setswana, um, pro-choice. Is the system ready? No, I think credit must be given what it's true. Of course, there have been a number of uh, little, or should I say, substantially really forward-looking policies introduced by the Department of Education. There was at one point the incremental you know, introducing of African languages in school. You've had the Eastern Cape and Gauteng, I think one of those areas that started that introduced incrementally. I think in, in the Eastern Cape, it was you had the Africans and Tetswana, and in a number of schools, if not about 80% of the school doing learners choosing that other than English and Africans. And then in Gauteng, choosing from the six of the uh, 11 official languages, sort of as a pilot study. So, yes, I'm saying that now there are challenges, there are difficulties in saying that now, come tomorrow, we are going to be allowing students to choose uh, any of the 11 languages as a subject. But then, even understanding those uh, difficulties, the point for me is that now, going back to uh, 1976, it should not be difficult to say that now we need to start somewhere in order to have of a general approach to the issue, a general start. Why not then? Starting from next year, you say, in the, in the meantime, you'll be allowed to choose between English and Africa. In fact, obviously, there are non-African uh, uh, subjects or uh, Af- African subjects in, in the, the school curriculum. And African learners can still be doing uh, history in Africans. But then for black learners, at least give them hope that now things will change. Show them that now you are committed to the circuit to, to, to sort of to sort of vindicating their actions during the 1976 uh, uprising by allowing them to choose. I mean, as a a, a, a black uh, parent really, with, a, with a, 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 my son in, in school, I would say that now I, I've seen him struggling with Africans, and then. In as much as there are black families or black students who are African speaking, who are taking Africans, that should not be taken away from them. But then something needs to be done to the general other students or learners. Sure. Basically, pro choice. Yes. Obviously, this year, uh, the whole month was observed. Uh, uh, differently amid COVID-19 and of course this period in a, in a number of ways highlighted the crisis that continues to plague our education system. 
Prof? In fact, it basically tells you that now we have failed to deal with so many of the issues. Some of them were basic issues. And I think it's everybody, it's out there for everybody to see. Issues of the resourcing of schools, issues of the proper training of uh, educators at our universities, at our colleges. And some of the issues have been identified, the government has been directed by the courts to remedy this situation. I mean, you take, for, for instance, the, the 2019 judgment that came out from the Constitutional Court, out of the Constitutional Court, the one that uh, dealt with the Stellenbosch 2014 language policy. And then there was only a particular emphasis by the court to say that now the defendant judgment by Judge Foreman, who sort of supported it, uh, was not okay with Stellenbosch going English as the uh, language of instruction. But saying that now there are other issues. Infrastructure, students from low uh, social, sort of social value communities are exposed to this, and then they are not being given enough a, a fair chance to compete with students with resourced uh, uh, schools dating back uh, to the apartheid era. Sure. In your piece, you state that uh, our preoccupation was on reconciliation and uh, building uh, the Rainbow Nation, yet uh, we could not reconcile ourselves as a society, that uh, there was an urgent and overdue national imperative to correct the injustices that were uh, directed at uh, black public schools over the decades. You know, there's, there's nothing wrong with the, the conception of the rainbow nation, the issue of nation building and reconciliation. We need that. It is mandated uh, uh, by the Constitution. If you look at the, the, the preamble of the Constitution, it talks uh, to issues of uh, reconciliation and nation building. But then we cannot pay a blind eye to the fact that now, as we are driving, you know, the, 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 the this line narrative or reconciliation and nation building, we, we, we forgot some of the minute details or those uh, mortar and brick issues that would have also helped us integrate seamlessly as a society. Issues of, for instance, when you look at the, the situation now, earlier on you ask about the, the state of our education during uh, amid COVID-19, what we have seen right now. I mean, the, 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 the status of our schools or the state of our schools are very scandalous. One would say that now, really, black uh, learners, they are taught in the most uh, anti-democratic uh, uh, buildings, whereby they are outside there when they are taught. In fact, it's strange that now our decision-making process, when it comes to issues that sparked the 1996 uprising, starts from a very slanted position. In fact, we are failing to realize that now the more time that you are taking to deal with this, the more time that you are taking to implement the changes that are needed, really it is creating more harm than good to the affected learners. You know, Prof, I remember a time when I was told to, to learn the language because uh, economically it might come in handy later on, given the demographics of the country. Do you think it's still the same? I, I, no, I, I, I don't think so, because then the issue of what language, for me, will help you uh, operate or, or be sustainable economically is quite uh, relative, and relative to the environment. I mean, if you were to get to a, a French-speaking uh, continent or country, 
you would not say that now uh, English speakers should do fare much better than that. In as much as people say that now English is the business language or language of business and economics. The same, really, if you are taught in uh, uh, the American system, like, for instance, I studied law, uh, my master's in, in the U.S., and then we are sort of uh, forced to study European Union law as, as part of our, our study in American law. But then it didn't really, for me, help me much in understanding and be able to articulate South African law as it now. But then, of course, there were very good uh, lessons that I learned from that particular point. And you'll, you'll be told by different empirical studies, studies are not, for me, are not in agreement as to that particular argument. Others will tell you, or the linguistics, that now, in fact, mother tongue is the start of that particular idea that you can be sustainable. If you're not in mother tongue, it's going to be difficult for you then even to excel in a different language. Going back to the same court, uh, court judgment that I talked about earlier on, and I want to go to the dissenting judgment of Judge Foreman. He basically said that now, as much as we are emphasizing in this policy, English as the language of instruction as Stellenbosch, we are failing to understand that now also most, like the concept, most of the learners that are uh, entrance at university level, they are doing quite badly in, uh, in, 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 sorry, in Africa. This way they have been taught really Africans there. Others, that they are not taught the best English in, uh, at their school. So it is, it is not as clear-cut as it appears to many. One who said that now, but then uh, Africans, if I'm, I'm then going to be studying in a strictly speaking uh, or uh, 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 English speaking country, will Africans help me? I think it is debatable. Why people must have access to education in a particular language? We also will have to justify why are we taking away the language from them? And then that is why the point here is that we are not taking away, one is not arguing for taking away the language from them. So at the end of the day, what do you want to see, uh, Prof, as we wrap up a youth month? So I would like to see um, our education authorities taking a serious look at issues that are affected or that are affecting the public education environment in South Africa, particularly those issues that are still contentious as they were then in 1976. The issue of Afghans as, as, as compulsory being revisited immediately putting in motion plans to make Afghans at least an optional or not a mandatory subject come 2021. After all, this is what the, the Minister, of Education, Minister of Education has said, that now we really need to see uh, curriculum training and transformation. And then the issue of language, for me, it is one of those issues that should be addressed as part of the transformation. I think you must not forget, really, our current Department of Education cannot be seen to be addressing the 1976 question the same way as the, the then uh, Bantu Education uh, Ministry uh, addressed it. There was at the point when asked about, did you give uh, black people or black learners, really, or did you consult with the black schools or black learners about making Africans compulsory? 
And the then Deputy Minister of Education, I think that was the Pandit Johnson, said that now said, no, I've not consulted African uh, people on the issue of language. And then why not? And I'm not going to. And then why not? Is because the big boys uh, might be speaking only English or Afghans. And as a result now, a Bantu child needs to have that advantage of ability of speaking both languages. So you can see that now. And then that's what I'm saying. If the status quo remains, in terms of the Afghans as a subject, then yeah. we are not different from the then uh, Minister of Education. Well, Prof, let's leave it there. I think it's uh, food for thought for many of us uh, to start talking about this and, of course, uh, not only talk about sport and other things, but to consider this as we try and revitalize and rebuild our education system. Thank you so much for joining us, Prof. Keep writing, keep talking about these, and keep organizing these dialogues so that uh, we can be progressive in all aspects of education. Thank you so much for joining us, Prof. Thank you. Lovely. Thank you, Professor uh, Umpimete Sibanda there. There's a whole lot of work uh, to be done.